Back from the weekend for the Arizona Coyotes, we have another rumor roundup. We're going to talk about what's going on with Jacob Chikrin and trade rumors. What teams are potentially interested in the Coyotes defensemen? Plus, how do these hockey leagues have to address or need to address better these issues of race and racism? All that talking on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonia. Carl Pavlik is right beside me on this Monday. It is January 24th, getting close to the end of January already. I feel like this month has already gone by pretty fast. Um, the yep. last couple of days, maybe not so much, um, but I think it's been, I think it's been pretty good. But we've got a lot to talk about on this episode. As we mentioned, we're talking some Jacob Chikrin trade rumors uh, and uh, all how that's going to go down because Carl, it's heating up. It is. It is. We are definitely seeing more. Um, I, I don't know if if GM Armstrong is any closer to actually pulling the trigger i think there's always been a question of is he just listening to offers or is he pursuing offers everyone kind of seems to settle on he's just listening to offers but is he gonna get one that moves the needle that remains to be seen that remains to be seen because there have been a lot of people who have reached out in some in some ways saying like all right we'll give you um first round pick and these couple players and i'm just like mm not good enough like because we're talking jacob chickman here he's what 24 right Uh, 1 of those two uh he is 23 born march 31st 98 all right so he's 23 um and obviously he isn't he didn't have a good start to this season but you you seen what this kid is capable of, right? So like his yeah. value is still freaking there. Like you know what he's gonna do. So the Coyotes are gonna freaking make sure they get the most value out of this kid as much as possible. And that's why they're just listening to offers. If they find something that that is actually intriguing, maybe they'll start actually truly listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think it is the responsibility of any every general manager to listen to offers for players. Um, if they're, if teams are willing to send you stuff, then you should at least listen. Um, I have not been impressed with what we've seen so far. I think the biggest trade that we've seen actual details emerge was a potential Florida. Uh, looks like Merrick offered this one. Spencer Knight, Anton Lindell, and a first round pick, which um, I just need someone to explain to me where Ivan Prosvetov fits in with this trade for Spencer Knight, because I don't necessarily see the team acquiring a goaltending prospect like Knight when they already have a goaltending prospect. Um, And a team like Florida, who's going to have a lot of trouble moving Knight, because let's be real, everyone knows that they're locked in with Sergei Bobrovsky long-term because he signed a massive contract. 
He's playing better this year. So that kind of like puts the onus on them to keep him, which means like they're going to be shopping Spencer Knight anyways. So you could, the Coyotes could probably get him for much cheaper than Jacob Chikrin. And I don't necessarily, I'm not too excited about Anton Lindell. Um, very intriguing prospect. Definitely would love to go deeper into that, but it doesn't move the needles for me. Like none of these trades have really. No, they haven't. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think we even had, we even had, um, you know, other hosts, other locked on hosts reached out and say, Hey, I talked about this on the show or here's what we would offer for Jacob Chikrin. And I'm looking at, uh, uh, Chris Maselli over at Locked On Avalanche said, "Hey, proposed this on today's episode, um, and this was back in uh, ten days ago that he sent this to me. He says Coyotes get the Avalanche 2023 first round pick, Shane Burrows and Andre Burakovsky, while the Avs get Jacob Chikrin. Which again, uh, no, I, I think the Avalanche like betting on any of their picks, they're going to be late round picks, mm-hmm. so." Much less reduction. Uh, if this team is looking to to rebuild, like getting a late first round pick is nothing. Like exactly. I, I don't see much in that. Um, and, and credit to to people like the Lockdown uh, Avalanche hosts for sending us that. And I mean this this Florida proposition. They're better than what you see on like an NHL trade board, like message board for a trade offer. They're still not great, and they still don't have a good understanding of what the Coyotes' needs are. Um, and, and to be fair, I don't know if the Coyotes really have a great understanding of what their needs are either. <laughs> They're very early in the trade in the rebuild process. Process um, like the treatment of Prospetov, I think, has been very well and signals that they want to keep him around. So to me, that says like they're not looking for goaltending. So offering them goaltending just seems kind of productive. Which is another one, and this one almost it, it it seemed almost jokingly, but at the same time, it could you know you could take it as a somewhat serious deal, and that's one that like like at least like a somewhat serious offer, and obviously not one that you take anyways because we're talking about the same thing uh, with how that goes, and that's when uh, I you know I tweeted out say send us your offers to all the other locked on hosts. And in response, I believe it was um, uh, uh, Jay Foster locked on uh, Blue Jackets sent back all of our second round picks and Jonas Corposalo. And I'm like, you're still failing to realize here we don't need another goaltender. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to shout out uh, Yotes Trade Central, who posted a tweet earlier today, uh, just kind of recapping what we have. The Yotes are asking for first round pick, one top prospect, and another higher higher end player or second former first round pick. Um, he states that there's currently one package with the requirements, which I think we're getting rumors about. Uh, Florida and New York Islanders are named legitimately in the hunt. Boston's interested, um, as well as St. Louis, Anaheim, and L.A., and I think those are all good fits for Jacob Chikrin as a player because I think he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're good fits for the Coyotes with what they're at. And I don't buy the, well, there's a bunch of smoke, so there must be fire argument. I, I think that there's a bunch of teams that are swarming to give their best offer to Bill Armstrong um, to kind of see if they can move the, navel, the needle. But 
at this time, there is there there is not enough not not, not enough um, persuasion from any side, not or any kind of proposal that says at least in our even even in our perspective that it's going to happen that that there's that that we can actually accept this. Yeah, I mean, the GM Armstrong was able to get like gold for the Darcy Kemper trade, mm-hmm. uh, for the Aiden Hill trade, the Shane Gosses Bear trade. It, it was phenomenal. Like he seems like he knows how to make a trade, and these offers that I'm seeing, and we don't know what these offers are because it's all rumors. We nothing's for sure, but like they just they don't fit with what I think he wants the team to be doing right now. No. And I think part of that is just like everyone sees a, a great player like Chikrin and they're like, okay, we're just going to offer our best thing and hope that that works. Um, and uh, unfortunately, just not too many people care enough about the Coyotes to actually like be researching what they think their needs are right now. Like, and, and so we're just seeing a bunch of offers that I'm just like not excited about at all. No. Not at all, and I think that's that's the thing too. We're just thinking about all that, and we're just like, we're just like, okay, we'll we'll keep waiting, and that's what I told uh, last week on on uh, locked on NHL, and I'm like, listen, at this point, the guy's just listening because there is no serious offer at the, at, the, at this point, nothing that. Like um that 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 intrigues us and intrigues the Coyotes in any way, and that's what we we're addressed, and that's what all that's what we've been saying this entire segment. Um, and it's like, are, are they probably going to move him? Let's again remains to be seen, but if that right offer comes, you better bet Bill Armstrong is going to take whatever that right offer is to help with this rebuild. Because, and again, as you, and you mentioned it, you mentioned that he's he's done like like he got an, like an A plus this off season with how he made his acquisitions and trades. Like, yep. He did phenomenal in how he did that, and I got like, and there's, and there's a reason why I called him Bargain Bill, because he just freaking knew how to make a deal. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I I kind of think that a trade works better for a team like Anaheim or Los Angeles, who aren't going to be front and center for for a story like this. But Chickren's got years on his term, so like, it can go to a team with a more long term prospect. LA and Anaheim are further along in the rebuild. So they have younger players that are developed. Like when I look at like the Florida Panthers with the New York Islanders, I'm just like, really? Like the timeline doesn't really seem to fit, which is why the prospects being offered also don't fit. Like this is just a very interesting situation because we don't often see a a young star defenseman being traded with four seasons left on a contract. And no one seems to know how to make that work with a trade proposal. At least on Twitter, I'm sure actual GMs are adequate at their jobs. Uh, let me I mean, say let's, that. Let, yeah, let's let, 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 let's put this straight and forth. Armchair GMs in uh, on hockey Twitter. I nothing like nothing a hundred percent against you guys. I love some of you guys, but you're not actual general managers who can make yeah. a good deal. And honestly, let's be also fair. Uh, some of you are better than actual GMs <laughs> in some of the moves they do. Oh my god, true, yeah. But but that's a that's a low bar uh, for for hockey GMs. There's somewhere just like, how are you still in the league? Uh, but but yeah, it's um, 
it, it's rumors. I, I just don't, I don't see much of it yet, but would it absolutely shock me if something happened by the end of the year? No, just because everyone's been talking about it. Would it shock me if nothing happens by the end of the year? No, because I think that's the right move to make anyways. There's a, there has been a shift in ide- ideology on who has become untouchable for the Arizona Coyotes in the rebuild from Jacob Chikrin to Clayton Keller. Clayton oh. Keller has proved himself at this point in the season to be untouchable. And like, all right, let's hear what the officer for Chikrin are. Yeah, which well, let's let's be perfectly honest. If if Chikrin is untouchable or goes from untouchable to touchable after 30 games in a season, he was never untouchable. Like he had a slow start that I think everyone expected. Because of the but... change in, def- in, 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 in defensive personnel. But. Change in defensive personnel, increased role, not having a long-term like partner, like he played bad, and so that should have been expected. Like this shouldn't be a massive shift. I, I don't understand why people are thinking it is. I think it's purely from the buyer side. I think we are getting a rush from buyers who are looking to to make something work. Exactly. Hey, we still got more to get to on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. We're going to talk about the uh, the teams going on here in the um, uh, and the and just the league and just what's going on with uh, some some Coyotes players and all stuff like that in just a sec. But first, Carl's got a little special word. That I do, and that's a special message from our friends at Built Bar. It's a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier. Make sure to include Built Bar in the prep in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Uh, Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because they taste good. You want to eat them, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Here's the thing about resolutions: you tend to give up on them pretty quickly once you start hitting adversity. So we're late in January, so I imagine a couple people are starting to give up on stuff. But you can change that around. Just grab a couple of Built Bars, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off, and get back on track with your resolutions. Um, you know, Just because you, you faltered a little bit doesn't mean that you failed. You have a full year ahead of you, so just get back at it. And that's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Okay, let's get back here on Locked On Coyotes. Once again, Robin Leonio and Carl Pavlik on this Monday. Uh, let's continue to attend this episode. We were talking about Jacob Trick and Rumors. Before we get to our next segment, Carl, I want to go ahead and um, like, let's, let's, let's put it this way. Um, and you were talking about what Yoach Trade Central wants, uh, or says the Coyotes want. Um, what does the perfect package in your eyes look like? Mm. perfect package in my eyes um would be a first round pick um a center a center prospect um and probably another defenseman um a defensive prospect because i think that the blue line is fairly weak i don't think trading for a goalie prospect makes much sense i think the coyotes should be looking to improve in forwards which they absolutely need, especially at center, and they should be looking to start re-securing their defense, which is also pretty important. Um, I'm with you on that, although I would actually change the, um, the, the center prospect to a high-level center roster player mm. and a defensive prospect. 
Gotcha. Uh, when I do say center prospect, I mean like maybe like last year of the junior. So like ready to make that leap now, uh, or not necessarily now next season. Because I don't think I don't think really adding anything this season does much no. for anyone. No, no, not at all, not at all. But yeah, so that's roughly what we think. Um, so to the locked on NHL hosts out there who are listening to this episode as well, now is your time to send in your um, your proposals now that you know what we want. Yeah. <laughs> All right, though. Let's get to uh, the next bit of this uh, this episode, something we're going to be talking about for the, uh, for the rest of the show, and that's to address something that we talked about earlier this year, Carl, um, earlier this, uh, this hockey season, and that's racism. Again, racism in hockey. Yeah. It's unfortunate it has to come up again. In this case, it's another um, Coyotes prospect who was the target of a um, of racism. And this was late last week in Boko Imama, uh, who was the target um, from a, a player on the San Jose Barracuda. That pl- player on the Barracuda was suspended for 30 games, which, call I will say before we get into anything, is while, while still could be better, is a landmark decision of a long-term suspension like like think about how some of the stuff we talked about before where it's like oh five games 10 games whatever like come on that's really 30 games okay we're going in the right direction but there's still but there's still more that needs to be done because there's a here's the biggest problem is it keeps happening yeah uh i'm let's be fair um you are correct compared to some of the other things we have seen 30 games is a lot uh but i see um just when i search boko imam i see ctv news montreal don't want to call them out specifically because i think there's a lot that we should really talk about with this suspension alone ahl sends strong message on racism suspends players 30 games for gesture um against boko imam uh, Rafi Torres was suspended for 41 games for, for a hit, um, mm-hmm. which I think that is the baseline for racism. Now, what is the most suspension you can get? Because that should be it. Like if we're talking about a Rafi Torres hit, not belonging in hockey, racism absolutely does not belong in hockey at any level. Um, so it should be more than that. Um, I will credit, uh, CTV news Montreal for saying racism, I think a lot of the uh, news articles, just looking at it, they said they, racial they, gestures. Racial gesture, which is just the absolute dumbest thing yes, I've ever heard in my life. It and um, and here was a thing: I went to school for journalism, and uh, I took a look into the AP style book. And guess what? You can use racism if it's appropriate. And in this case. I believe it is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't go to journalism school, so I don't know about that. But I did read manufacturing consent, and I know how the language that is used very much uh, helps control the message. And the message that was sent was Christoph uh, Haberick, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, did something that some people can be offended by. And we saw that in the next story uh, with the ECHL team apologizing if people were offended from their player doing racist gestures. I I hate that language. I hate 
putting the onus on the people for reading it correctly as racist. And I think that's a problem. I, I agree that 30 games is more than we've seen previously. I still don't think it should is enough. I think it should be a lifetime ban. I do. Yeah, um, it it definitely should be because, uh, and it's it, it's it because that truly sends the message that racism does not belong in 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 the sport of hockey. It doesn't belong in sport. This doesn't belong in. Like, we sh- we shouldn't be, we we're, we should be way past this at this point. Yeah, racism is something where if it happens, it needs to be called out. It needs to be addressed because if we start by addressing behaviors, that is how people start changing their their views on things because a lot of people will look to what they do and use that to determine kind of what they think. If, if someone is like, you know, I'm not allowed to do racism in public. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to change their minds overnight, but it's going to, you know, make it a lot harder for them to be in private thinking racist thoughts, because if they know they can't do it in public, like that, that sends a message. People like to be at least somewhat, you know, congruent with their beliefs. They like to think that they are the type of person who acts in public the way they would in private. Absolutely. I'm going to finish the thought that I was that I was, I was just waiting to bring up. But first, I want to tell everybody about Bet Online because Bet Online would like to wish you guys a happy betting New Year as we continue to match March to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year, a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use that promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so let's finish off this conversation that we were ju- that we just uh, started regarding racism in hockey, Carl. And that is so we uh, we we mentioned the situation with Bokui Mama and how that went down in the AHL. They did thirty games. The ECHL, in the case in in this case, um, with uh, Jordan Subban, uh, the player, the um, uh, the offending player, is currently suspended indefinitely, pending investigation. Yeah. Um, I was really excited until I saw a pending investigation. I thought they just suspended him indefinitely. I'm like, yeah, that's know. what you do. I know. I was like, like, oh, oh, they haven't even investigated yet. Uh, I saw that for a second. I was like, oh, wait, really? It's like, yeah. uh, and now I wonder what the ECHL is going to do because the AHL at least sent, set their benchmark on what they yeah. think is going to be the case, right? Um, now what happens from there, right? The ECHLs would would at least do the like you know maybe the same or more because if this keeps showing up and now now the nhl ahl and echl all hockey leagues for that matter have a decision to make yeah how are they gonna address this for 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 now and for the future because obviously it's not stopping yeah. And I do think like the story we talked about prior um, was former Coyotes prospect um, playing in Europe. The NHL was kind of allowed to bury their heads a little bit with racism in hockey in Europe. Um, it's unfortunate to say, but uh, we saw with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, uh, they're allowed to just not care. Um, but now 
it's come to the shores of North America. We've had two instances in the second and third league. Uh, let's let's say his name. Uh, Jacksonville Iceman, horrible hockey name, uh, defenseman Jacob Panetta um, was uh, the player who was uh, indefinitely suspended. Uh, I think that he is probably going to get a worse suspension um, for two reasons. One of them I think is fair. The other is kind of... Yeah. Um, one, uh, it just happened previously, so there's going to be an incentive to do something kind of severe because we do have two instances in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, I think ECHL players are more disposable than AHL players, just in terms of kind of where they're at in their career. Uh, I think if you if you go to an AHL player and you suspend him indefinitely, you're going to get some coach or some development person who's going to be like arguing for that player saying, look, you are going to ruin this guy's career and he could potentially make it a 25 year old in the ECHL is never going to make it unless they're a goalie. So I think this is an unfortunate case of, of class and race coming together where I I think the ECHL is going to make it easier to go harder on someone like Jacob Panetta. And I'm fine with that because it's Bullshit. He should get suspended for long term. I think he should be suspended for life. Uh, but I do want to be very clear. I think the AHL should also have done that. I don't mm-hmm. think it's fair that a player in a lower league is probably going to get a heavier sentence just because they are not as good at hockey as a player in an upper league. That's I am- Totally yeah. with you on that. Totally with you on that. And here's another thing too, why this one can also be longer, is there's getting some even more vocal support on on uh, on Jordan Subban's case, mainly because who his brother is. Uh, his brother is PK Subban, the uh, defenseman for the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Um. And uh, and uh, PK Subban actually spoke out <laughs> earlier, pretty yeah. much saying, "Hey, this ain't okay." Um, we need that. There's like this is a, a problem across all of hockey, and it needs to be addressed now. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I did take a lot of the language I said from players like uh, PK Subban. Like they have brought up the fact that this is happening in high levels of hockey. I am going to them for talking points, um, and I think it's it's again just kind of it's unfair to Boko that. Jordan Subban is able to rally a really big cry because he has a brother uh, in the NHL. I do not begrudge Jordan Subban for doing that in any way. I think he should be getting the message out there as much as possible. I just, I just want to see something consistent across all leagues of hockey to make sure that this is punished severely in all cases. I think we have a good case of the ECHL one being a, a proper punishment, but it makes me all the more frustrated for the AHL one being, in my opinion, too weak. Exactly. And the, I think, you know, what annoys me the most out of all this is the statement that the NHL put out. Cause obviously the N cause this, this was two events in the lower yeah. leagues, but happened a span of three days. Yeah. Right. And the NHL did not say racism to start off, mm-hmm. but they, 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 but they, they pretty much like, you know, we're working on to be an inclusive environment in this sport. You know, the whole, you know, hockey, you know, hockey is for everyone mantra, all stuff like that. Yep. And it's like, what we're going to do is we're going to put out 
essentially educational materials to teach people. And I'm like, listen, NHL, like, I love you, but, like, educational material ain't going to do crap at this point. People are going to be stupid and dumb. Yeah, especially because, I mean, honestly, like, this month we had the announcement that the Hockey Diversity Alliance tried to get NHL jerseys, were refused permission. We are not getting any kind of work on that end. Um, and the educational materials, we saw that in the Chicago Blackhawks sexual assault investigation, where they're like, we're going to make people watch an hour video about how sexual harassment is bad. And it's like, hey, you're not doing that already. I think every person I know who has ever had a job has had to watch that video. Why are you just now getting to it? And B, that's not enough. And you're not doing anything on all the other levels. You just put out a statement anytime something really big happens and you hope that's going to like put it like sweep it under the rug. And I think people, enough people are getting very frustrated about it. The thing that bothers me most of all is this freaking weekend where we have two instances of highly reported instances of racism in hockey. We still see people say that there's not a racism problem in hockey. Like, it's not isolated if that happened twice in the first month of the year. What are you talking about? I just, it's frustrating at all levels. And, and I don't have faith that the, that the NHL is going to be able to do anything about it. Because the NHL is bad at doing anything big like this. Yeah. And I think the other annoying thing about all this is the fact that we wouldn't this wouldn't be as much of a talked about issue. And obviously we talked about it because it was a former Coyotes prospect overseas in Europe, but it continues to happen in Europe, probably not talked about as much because this happened twice in three days on North American soil. That is why we're all talking about this a lot more. And that's what gets me even more. Cause like, cause like we shouldn't have to. Yeah, we also shouldn't have to see video, which we did in the Jordan Subban case, before people start believing it. Like, we shouldn't, like, if a player says something that there was, like, a person doing racist gestures, we should believe them. Uh, And I do want to highlight one thing I talked about on Twitter, um, and I actually mentioned it uh, to you beforehand, uh, in the ESPN article. Uh, it mentioned regarding the Jordan Subban incident that Subban's teammate, Nico Blockman, left the Stingrays bench to punch Panetta and was given a game misconduct. I love that. Yeah. Love uh, that. Honestly, uh, one of Panetta's teammates should have punched him in the face. Uh, I don't care what's happening. If they're your teammate or not, if, if someone's being racist on the ice, in a setting where you are allowed to punch people because there is an accepted... General liability for everything. Sports are very particular. In hockey, I'm allowed to say this. If you see someone being racist on the ice and you are a player, very specific, punch them in the face. I don't care. I don't care if they're your teammate. I don't care if it's an opponent. I don't care if the whistle's one. Just fucking punch them. Yeah, because the worst thing you get is a, is a game of misconduct. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be fair, uh, the real... The real test for the ECHL is going to be what do they do with Nico Blackman? Because I would not be surprised if he gets a very severe penalty for leaving the bench to start a fight. 
because we have seen that before. And if he gets more severe than Panetta, which I that think is going to bring outrage. That yeah. is going to bring some massive outrage. But also, you have to understand that is a very likely possibility. Like, if you are listening at home and you do not believe that punching a racist, leaving the bench to punch a racist is going to get more penalty than being racist on the ice, you're watching a different sport. Um, I hope, I hope it doesn't, but hockey, professional hockey is just such a cluster sometime. I'm like, they're going to get Nico Blackman or he's going to be like blacklisted or something like th- this kid's career is not going to go well. Um, but he did the right thing in the ideal world. Let's say, um, just because of just for continuity purposes and how things went down in that case, Blackman gets like what? two game suspension just because like it's like okay we like what you did but like you know it's still like you still left the bench and all and whatever um and and panetta gets gets banned for life that's the ideal the the ideal situation honestly yeah like a game or two um sure you left the bench to start a fight uh it's it should never be condoned uh, but the situation for it was understandable enough. Yes, called for. Um, and it's not like he took a stick to the face, um, which I probably would have done. Because um, we have seen hockey players just smack each other in the back of the head with a stick. Doesn't happen anymore, but eh, for a racist, why not? Especially but, when the sticks were a lot more stiff. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll break right death. Um it's 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 very frustrating, um, and I hope that the NHL, because this is all about the NHL. This didn't happen in the NHL, but it happened in their lower leagues that they are affiliated with, with their future players. Like they need to make a serious statement about this. They need to do the things after they make the statement that moves us towards the place where we're not going to be seeing this, um, and just uh. Everyone on Twitter, for the next year, you're not allowed to talk about how there's no racism in hockey. Just just wait a year. If there's no more racism at the end of the year, uh, we'll talk about it then. But there will be. But there's two been, there's been two instances in a month. Just stop that talking point for a while. Yep. Also, to the NHL, if you really plan on taking it seriously, work with the Hockey Diversity Alliance. They're there for a freaking reason. Work with them. Yeah. And uh, to the um, Jacksonville Iceman, uh, go fuck yourself. That was a horrible statement. Why the... F- I, I, I kid you not, seeing a team in 2022 put out, I'm sorry if you were offended when their player did something racist on the ice. Just absolute worst. What yeah. are you doing? Sounds Fire that person. Sounds like Barracuda did it a little bit better in that when their response with the, with the Boko Mama one, um, when that was like... Uh, when they pretty much said like that, uh, the offending player, I forgot it. Like I'm bang on his name. You just said you, and you just said it. Um, pretty much just like does that does not that, that does not uh, uh, match up with with our standards, whatever. And like, uh, Christoph Haberick. 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 Okay. Again, apologies, Christoph. I don't want to mispronounce your name intentionally. I just think you're a shitty person. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's always hard to make a statement about how someone on your team is is garbage. But 
yeah, there's 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 a right way and there's a wrong way, and people go to school to learn how to do the right thing. So, uh, yeah, Jacksonville, up your game. Uh, I'm sorry you had to make a an emergency announcement about your player doing something racist, but be prepared for that kind of thing. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I know, I know. Anyways, though, we are out of time on this episode of Locked On and Kyrie's. Hope you guys like what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a like, comment, subscribe if you yet to already. Leave us a good review if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube. Also, don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Coyotes. On Instagram, at Locked On Coyotes. And on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leano. It is Robin with a Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlock is Carl Pavlock F-F-H. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, and we can answer right back or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.